0: Welcome my lovely mutants to this special bonus episode of the Mutation Station where we usually embrace the marvels of genetic mutations although this time we don't really want to embrace it because for Breast Cancer Month in October we're looking into inflammatory breast cancer or IBC an ever mutating beast of a cancer that needs to be made aware of so instead of embracing it we're just going to educate about it. I had the privilege of interviewing an old high school friend, Ali, who is currently battling IBC, and what a battle. But before we play the interview, let's delve a little into it. Inflammatory breast cancer is a rare and aggressive form of breast cancer that accounts for approximately 1% to 5% of all breast cancer cases. It's called inflammatory because it often causes symptoms that resemble inflammation, such as redness, swelling, and warmth in the breast. So it's not the traditional... Find a lump in your breast and go and get that checked out. Unfortunately, the symptoms are very similar to other symptoms. Women get these kinds of symptoms when they're experiencing their period or just may, may just have a little cyst or um, medication. There's all types of different things that you think, oh, okay, it's not a lump, so it's, it's not breast cancer. But if there's any cause for concern about your breast for anything, go and get it checked out. So unlike other types of breast cancer that typically form a lump or tumour, inflammatory breast cancer does not present as a distinct mass. Instead, it tends to involve the skin and lymphatic vessels of the breast, resulting in the characteristic symptoms. These symptoms may develop rapidly over a period of weeks or even days. Some common signs and symptoms of inflammatory breast cancer include breast swelling, where the affected breast may become enlarged, firm or tender, Redness and warmth. The breast may appear reddened, inflamed, or have a pink or purple hue. It may even feel warm to the touch. And then something called peau d'orange. The skin of the breast may develop a dimpled or pitted appearance, similar to the texture of an orange peel. Now, in the interview, Alison says that this is actually what she had. Um, But because she's a mother of twins, you know, obviously her breasts enlarged and then they went back to normal and so she had stretch marks and things and so never really question the appearance of her breast Um, but if there's any ever any changes go and get it checked out breast pain the affected breast may be painful or tender and of course everybody gets this during their periods nipple changes the nipple may appear flattened inverted or retracted swollen lymph nodes the lymph nodes under the arm or in the neck may become enlarged and feel firm or tender So again, it's important to note that these symptoms can also be caused by less serious conditions such as infections or other types of dermatitis. However, if you experience any persistent changes in your breast, it's crucial to consult a healthcare professional for evaluation. In the the case of IBC, it's crucial you get it checked out earlier. The diagnosis of inflammatory breast cancer involves a combination of physical examination, imaging tests, mammography, ultrasound and a biopsy of the affected tissue. Treatment typically involves a multimodal approach, including chemotherapy, surgery, radiation therapy, and targeted therapies, depending on the individual case. The problem is, of course, this is all happening really, really quickly, so your body doesn't really have a chance to recover, um, which is why what Alison has gone through and what you'll listen to is just quite remarkable. Due to its aggressive nature, inflammatory breast cancer often requires prompt and aggressive treatment, Early detection and timely intervention are crucial for improving the chances of successful outcomes and because it is always mutating, the sooner you get to it, the less chance it has to grow. As mentioned, Alison is a high school friend who had no obvious symptoms of inflammatory breast cancer until one day she fell off a ladder and had a persistent back pain. She took herself off to the doctor and that's when her whole world fell apart. During the interview, Ali and I have a giggle because during high school we were pitted against each other by a shared boyfriend, not at the same time, lol, but we look back now and wonder what were we thinking that we allowed this like absolute loser of a boy to come between us and, and prevent um, a further friendship. But we're friends now and she is an inspiration, I know that word gets um, chucked around a lot, but You'll find out that when she was diagnosed she was given months to live, just a couple of months and now she's been battling for four years. She's an absolute warrior so I hope you enjoy this interview. Thank you so much Alison for joining us today. I really appreciate the time you've taken to speak with us today.
1: You're very welcome, my pleasure.
0: Let's jump into the first question. The first thing I want to know is how are you feeling today?
1: Today I'm feeling uh, reasonably well suffering a lot of um, side effects from all of my treatment but uh, mentally happy and full of I guess a new purpose. That's fantastic.
0: Mental well-being is, is so important when you're going through these treatments so I'm really pleased that you mentioned that you're mentally happy. That's amazing. Can you tell us a bit about your diagnosis? When did you find out and what were your symptoms?
1: Okay, so I'll take you back to 2019. Uh, Roughly in January, uh, sometime I fell off a ladder and about a week later, I had a swollen, red, hot, very painful right breast and it just looked like there was a problem. There was something wrong, looked infected. Um, I showed a friend and a colleague at work who had been through breast cancer um, because I had Googled the symptoms and it came up with breast cancer, not necessarily inflammatory breast cancer. Right. So I showed my friend and she said, look, you need to get that checked. I agree. And I had concerns about showing my doctor who was a male, so I went to her doctor I'd never met before. And I thank her for saving my life because she told me about this rare cancer, inflammatory breast cancer, um, and it was all bad on the internet. So I did some preliminary research on there. Um, and, yeah, it was rather difficult. I went through a series of uh, diagnosis uh, tests. So starting with your mammogram, um, an ultrasound, each test showed something remarkable something that was not right so some skin thickening was found there uh, progressed to an MRI then a CT scan and finally a biopsy all within a matter of about 10 days or wow. that happened so, so it was quite fast so everybody did... moved really fast did you not have
0: symptoms beforehand other than falling off a ladder and then just getting like a a, a red hot breast
1: well This is a remarkable thing. Really, I could only say I was very tired and I do shift work. Well, I did do shift work in emergency services and I wasn't recovering from night shifts and um, you know quick shifts where you don't have like a lot of a break in between shifts. So I was just feeling worn out, but I thought it was due to my age. I was 46 Mm -hmm. and I thought, I really need to work on my fitness. Um, But otherwise, maybe a bit of the orange peel look to the skin, um, which I thought I had had a few problems because I gave birth to twins almost 19 19 years ago. um, I have some sort of stretch marks and things on the skin anyway, so I didn't really notice. Um, To think that such a horrible diagnosis came off the back of... Not many symptoms yeah. is something that people need to be aware of. Women and men need to be aware of the fact that if something's not right, um, get it checked.
0: Absolutely, what a lesson for all of us. I mean, that's that's remarkable. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but lucky you fell off that ladder because obviously it triggered something yeah. internally that, oh, that created it, it to, to come out and, and show its you know, rear its ugly head. So yeah. that's that's I'm, I'm a big thing of, of um, destiny and and fate. Now, look, the research online states that inflammatory breast cancer is a result of a host of genes mutating at once. And so, as you know, we're a mutation podcast. And so um, the the history of my doing the podcast has been these one uh, genetic mutations at a time. But everything you read online, it's that they're all a host of genes just mutating at once. And so this has led uh, to attacking the cancer, or has this led to attacking the cancer with different treatments like, do you do you have different treatments to attack the different genetic mutations, or is it considered a, a one-off sort of um, a tr- a holistic treatment? You're just like right, you're going in for chemo, you're going in for radiation, or or is the the treatment a host of different treatments to to capture that ever-evolving cancer?
1: I haven't heard of it um, connected to the genetic mutation. Um yeah, I haven't heard... There, there may be some parallels there, but um, from what I know, most patients are treated with this trimodal system where it's chemo first, mm-hmm. then we move to surgery, and then we have the the radiation. Um, for me, it was longer than that. It went on for two years of solid treatment because I had to repeat chemo at the end of all of that.
0: Right, and, uh, and so what, what's your treatment plan now? So that was your treatment plan, the trimodal, and is that... No. Do you know, um, does that align with other breast cancers? Is that the normal sort of treatment that you would get?
1: Not that that I'm aware of. From my understanding, a lot of breast cancers will have surgery first and then if they're having chemo, that comes afterwards. Right. Um, That was the case with my sister who had invasive ductal carcinoma. Right. Um, which I also had, but we, that wasn't apparent until the pathology results right. um, from the double mastectomy.
0: Right. So the treatment plan then was obviously get it with chemo, then surgery, and then kill what try and kill what's rest of it with with radiation, and then you had chemo on top of that again as well.
1: That's in theory, but mm. if you if you have the time, I'm, like I can elaborate because. Mine sort of went time, wrong, absolutely. I guess. Yeah. Um, so first, they they inserted a a cath device in my chest, mm-hmm. um, just because of the the ease of um, getting intravenous medications, so like mm-hmm. chemo and all of that. Um, I had that. Then I had the four rounds of the AC or Red Devil chemo. Um, to pronounce that, it's uh, Adriamycin, I think. And cyclophosphamide, but okay. it's known as AD. Right, and people know it as the red the devil. red
0: devil. Yeah, hope I never yeah. hope I never meet it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's pretty potent, and nurses dress up in the full PPE gear right. and um it causes you to lose your hair within about a fortnight oh so, wow intense um, I don't...
0: that's really intense in a fortnight wow
1: yeah about a fortnight it starts to get quite painful and you end up shaving it and then from there you lose all of it but well that's certainly my experience and um you know some of the other ladies i know who've had that from there we moved on to Palotaxel and that was supposed to be 12 rounds so one round a week But we got to number 8 with me and there was a bit of a meeting held with the oncologist team and um, myself and the surgical team and we decided to stop after 8 because I was in a wheelchair with peripheral neuropathy
0: um,
1: and my legs were were greatly affected. So the agreement was we'd have an MRI done and the surgeon would make a call whether they could operate. So. That took place, mm-hmm. and then we moved to the double mastectomy, and that's where it all sort of fell apart because the pathology results showed um, that it was worse than we thought. Uh, he did get clear margins by one millimeter only, um, but there were twenty-four lymph nodes removed and fourteen positive wow. with, with cancer, um, and the tumour bed was one hundred and thirty millimeters, so wow. quite large. That's
0: large, yes. Mm. Wow. Yeah honestly so, yeah. it just the the timing of it is just remarkable i'm just there's a pit in my stomach to think had you not fallen off that ladder how long that could have gone on that's just remarkable i'm, I'm
1: uh, yes i think about that too um because i did i did get told before treatment started that you know i'd only have a matter of months to live without the treatment yeah um yeah I mean so after that they decided they'd repeat the AC chemo the red devil again Um, and then I had my lifetime maximum of that and good thing they stopped there because it brought on a heart attack so oh wow um, we had to wait and heal from all of that Um, and I had the seven weeks radiation as well around that time this is all in 2019 Um, and then I had a full hysterectomy, which is part of the treatment because my cancer was greater than 95% oestrogen-fed. So we wanted to get rid of those ovaries. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then it continued into 2020 with another eight months of a different chemo because it had spread to my chest wall by then. Right.
0: Um, For for the listeners at at home, I already said to Alison, I think she's a dragon slayer, and this just confirms it even more. It's a remarkable story that what you've gone through – and particularly for any listeners who are school friends, she looks exactly the same as she does in high school.
1: <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> I think you need a new camera.
0: <laughs> There's no filter on this camera either. <laughs> now, look, is it okay to ask about your prognosis? I know it's it, it can get a bit heavy and it's okay if you don't want to discuss it, we can move on.
1: No, that's fine. In the beginning, it was a guarded prognosis. Nobody mm-hmm. knew. There wasn't enough information. Um, certainly they expected cancer to return within two years it did in my chest wall but nothing since the year of uh, oral chemotherapy that I had in 2020 mm-hmm. so they call it no evidence of disease oh and on rather you, that than that on. full religion yeah. that's what they call it at the moment yeah. and uh, I think the next milestone will be the five-year mark yeah, so when's, when's that? that that'll that be in the beginning of next year.
0: Right. It'll be five years. Oh, my gosh. Fingers crossed for you. Like, what a warrior. The fact that you've gone this far and you do, you just look remarkable. I would never, if I saw you on the street, Alison, I would never think that you've gone through what you've just described. You just look <laughs> remarkable. You, you're glowing and you're happy and, like... You survivor, you're just amazing. I'm I'm getting teary. <laughs> just I'm so grateful that you're here thing, um, talking about. It makes
1: it. you realise so many humans go through health battles yes. and all of us have got a story.
0: Exactly, exactly right. Um, but yours is just that little bit more remarkable that you've gone through something so uh, brutal and and you're out the other end and knock on wood you you carry on um and how are you managing your stress and stress and emotions because this is like a roller coaster what you're telling us you, you've gone through how do you handle that what are your tips for viewers out there about what you've done to get you through this
1: i think relying on family support is so important yeah um I have my partner, Neil, who is just a gem. It affects everyone in the family, of course. Um, so having having that support, people to help you with day-to-day things that you're not strong enough to do, mm. even now. Um, I don't have the stamina and I have a lot of fallout from treatment. So that's key. Um, my pets, I love them. Yeah. Hold them. Hold your pets. Oh, I get so much what therapy out of
0: my, pre- my out of my pets. <laughs> Whenever I have to go to MRI because I'm claustrophobic, I I lay in that little tube and I envision me patting my dogs. <laughs>
1: something i haven't done i have the same issue with claustrophobia yeah. and i don't like taking valium for things like that but i do have to and just keep your mind occupied exactly and one of the nurses said try counting up by seven well i didn't get very far so that <laughs> didn't <seemed to> help <laughs> but, um, i do i found I don't really love doing exercises on land, Mm -hmm. but I found in the pool it is just so much better for me. It just seems to be that I can do more. I feel like I'm not disabled. I feel like a whole person again when I'm in the pool. So I've found that pool um, physiotherapy is great. That's a good stress reliever. Um, And then well, I'm no longer working in emergency services, um, so I'm not exposed to trauma and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not everybody's case, I guess, that they um, still go to work and endure some kind of stress. But if you can try and reduce the stress in your life, that's, I think, very important.
0: I agree. Um,
1: And then there's other things. Like um, I've tried the EFT tapping where you tap on the... Meridian points in your body and Mm -hmm. um look everything helps a little bit you know everything is everything is helpful meditation's helpful medication's helpful all of these things are helpful when combined i Mm -hmm. guess that's how i manage the stress
0: yeah what about those broccoli smoothies (laughs) <laughs> I
1: haven't tried a broccoli smoothie. I'm trying it. Look, I'll tell you what, it's a full-time job just trying to make sure that I don't eat many things out of a packet. Yes. I guess it's so hard, isn't it? You just you just think, oh, if it was once alive or grew in the earth or on a tree, um, then I should eat it. But, yeah. you know, we're only human. Exactly. And, you know, I just try and focus on eating mostly healthy things. But yeah. no, no oh, broccoli Oh, no, we're smoothies.
0: all... We're all victims to, you know, <laughs> multinational marketing and branding. They use psychology against us. We can't help it. It's such a battle. <laughs> so, look, you kind of touched on this as well, but, like, how has this affected your daily life?
1: Um, well, ability to go to work mm-hmm. is affected. Um, like I can tell you roughly, I have, um, I have problems with my bowels. I have IBS and colitis. I need to be nearby a bathroom at all times. I have vision problems. I, have, um, I can't really sit for too long or stand for too long. I sort of alternate and I need to lay down horizontally. Um, just from the osteoporosis, yeah. which is a side effect of the chemo, um, general pain, um, cognitive problems where I can't recall things, um, I did actually make a comeback to work in 2021 and I wasn't full-time hours, but on the next shift that I came into work, I couldn't understand my notes from the previous shift. I yeah. could, but I couldn't place myself there to understand why I wrote what I wrote yeah. and it was um, affecting, um, you know, a lot of things. So yeah. in the end, we made the decision that I couldn't continue mm. Um you know, so I guess, yet yeah, my whole being has changed. My whole nature's changed. I'm much more patient. I stop and smell the roses, and I'm thankful for every day. And I was it caught in a rut where I was living a really fast paced life and thought I was miss invincible. So, you know, it has affected me in my daily life negatively, but also positively.
0: I mean, this, this is going off topic, but I think for, for women in particular, where. We're really trained to be super women, aren't we? We're like, you know, and I mean, we, we have the freedom to be who we want, but it's this message of you have to be super you have to have children, you have to work, you have to do this. And there's not a lot of allowance of, of just going, and it's not even women, it's men as well. There's not a lot of allowance these days with a 40-hour-plus working week to just go, no, you know what, I'm taking time out and I'm going to smell smell the roses. Um so these are all good lessons to learn now for people not not to get in a position like like you and and, and even me where you're ill and then that teaches you that lesson you know um you make do in life that's that's a that's a big lesson We're, we're we're taught to uh want more we're taught to compare against other people who have more um but when you actually pair it back and and you start to have less you you make do it's it's human nature to make do we land on our feet that's what we do and you know if you have a good support network in in particular you know you can you can make it with with less and and have more time with your friends and family and you know, I hope people get that that lesson from from this episode. <laughs> so, um, have there been any lighthearted or funny moments during this pr- process? I know with me, um, you you were mentioning how you went back to work and uh, you couldn't place yourself. There is a thing called chemo brain, and I just read about it in the Washington Post. And while I don't have chemo, my medication is a chemical blocker, and so I don't know if it's the same with you. But like sometimes I want to say something, so I would like to say like. Uh, you know you're wearing glasses and I know in my brain the word is glasses I can't get that word out I will say I like the paint you are wearing on your eyes and you'd be like what and in my brain I'm going I know the word isn't paint I know it's glasses so it's different from dementia where you don't know the word you know what you're doing but there's just something that's just not working so I've had many a moment where I've come out with very idiotic statements um, which has caused a lot of amusement to everybody because everybody is aware of my condition, so no one's ever surprised but have you had any anything throughout this process where you and maybe the the nurses have just laughed through through you know the the trauma basically.
1: Oh, of course, and you have to laugh. It's good for your health. Yeah. And- you know, having, having a bald head twice for me was funny. You know, um, it's not a way some people find that very traumatic, but um, I chose to look in the mirror and have a bit of a giggle, you know, um, and play games with that, you know, wear funny wigs and yeah. um, mix it up a bit. So, oh, you know, amazing. to confuse people, yeah. and, <laughs> but that's funny. But um, I guess this is... Maybe bordering on oversharing, but I mentioned I had colitis, and throughout the pandemic, uh, there was a shortage of toilet paper, and somebody here (laughs) was using it all up. (laughs) And and so, I ended up getting admitted to hospital for a week so that they could manage all the information Uh, in my data. Yeah, Um, and everyone here at home was very thankful about that. (laughs) <laughs> You're like, oh my goodness, we don't
0: have to use leaves, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, you know, we and with the cognitive, um, you know, <laughs> I can't think of the word but with, all, with all of that that you were talking about, can totally relate, yes, you know, saying inappropriate things or just the wrong words sometimes, yeah. and. um yeah it's funny isn't it you gotta oh, laugh ab-
0: absolutely you you have to laugh it's it's what gets you through so and i think that the main thing as well is you you're the same you're very open about what's happening so everyone's aware of, of what's happening so that they can support you and and laugh with you when those moments happen and not think like oh what's wrong with her um, <laughs> <laughs> now um yeah exactly now, what kind of support do you need today and what would you like other people to understand?
1: Okay, so I think it's important that people understand that with this Particular cancer there's not necessarily a lump in the breast mm-hmm. so you're not actually looking for a lump as we're taught and that's a good message too but there are other types of cancers out there such as mine the inflammatory breast cancer where it's in the skin and it's like fairy floss or a spider's web in the skin right. and and you're looking for those symptoms that i was talking about the heat the redness kind of like mastitis when you've had a baby and you're breastfeeding and some women suffer mastitis Diabetes, similar symptoms there except you're not feeling like you're ill with a virus so if you have that in your mind um and but if there's any changes like that you always go to the doctors and ask to be referred for an ultrasound at least you know um so there's there's that i guess that's an important message for me but also that it's the gift that keeps giving in the sense that just because you've completed your treatment that doesn't mean okay, well, then you're the same person and you can carry on with your old life because mm. it, I've been classified as disabled now. I have peripheral neuropathy. I have a heart condition. I'm under the care of many specialists for many of the things that I fall out from treatment. Um, I'm grateful I'm alive, but my life's not the same anymore. So, um, yeah, it's not over once you finish that chemo or the radiation or both you know so if you have a friend going through it yeah no that's that's what i want be aware of that yeah yeah and that's that's what i want like was to... what today sorry i'm talking over you. no here. no no it's, really...
0: it's, it's we're, we're friends it's how we chat i'm no.
1: so excited i haven't <laughs> chatted to you i know
0: <laughs> no but that's what i want uh, i want you to let, <laughs> let listeners know that if they do know anybody you know um going through um any kind of cancer treatment um, you know, how, how is it as a survivor, how is it best to support us? and that, that that's what you're saying is to understand that you're not the same person. You can't possibly be the same person. you know, like you just physically and mentally, you've you've done a complete three sixty. You know the things that your your body has had to endure is 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 traumatic, and and there's a level probably of you know post traumatic stress involved in, in in all of that. Um,
1: there is, I think, mental health is yeah. really affected. I have never suffered with anxiety before, mm-hmm. but I do now, and I, you know, I have that. I have. I, I need to use my lymphedema machine every day. I need to attend appointments frequently. I've got to be in a close proximity to toilets. Um, At the moment, I need help with my wound from a revision mastectomy surgery that won't heal. So, you know, I've got that and my partner Neil's um, checking that daily and redressing it and I'm off to the breast clinic every week. And, you know, it changes, but it's still full on, even four and a half years later for me. Um, I guess if you do have a friend going through any kind of illness, yeah, try and... Understand that yeah, it does change you forever. Yeah. 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 Like, I've also got this right arm that's, uh, I am right handed, and um, one of the side effects of the radiation therapy was frozen shoulder, and that became apparent in 2021 and i'm still receiving treatment i've just had my second nerve ablation done for that so you know just things like that
0: yeah um now as a mutant congratulations welcome to the club um (laughs) what superpower would you have as a mutant oh
1: you've stumped me i'm i'm not sure i think um i like to because i don't have any breasts um I don't wear my prosthetic breasts I just feel hot and sweaty and irritated Mm -hmm. um so I like to be as girly as I can with my really dresses and things so um yeah I guess I I I don't know I like to I don't know in my profession that I was once before cancer I wasn't very ladylike and now (laughs) I think I've I, I do things differently, and so I, I know exactly what
0: your—I know exactly what your superpower would be. You would um, be someone who would like uh, uh, make people succumb to your charms, your lady like charms. <laughs> my eyelashes—that's right. <laughs> like if there's like a villain, you just like bat your eyelashes, and then the villain would like just swoon. <laughs> <laughs> this um, it I will. Happen. I will put this in our uh, in in the recording, and I'll let listeners know that uh, in high school, Alison and I are uh, not really fought, but just kind of had this thing over the same guy. And I mean, how <laughs> stupid were we? Now looking back, I mean. That guy was a nothing and a nobody, and and look at both of us as warriors today. And he pitted us against each other, which is just so
1: stupid. It was your eye colour. I really did. I think that's what it was that won him over. No, no,
0: I think it was your prowess in the pool, just getting about in your bikini all the time. God,
1: oh, yeah. That's funny. Good
0: memories. Yep, absolutely. Okay, well, we're going to end the conversation now. Thank you again for your time, Alison. I can't tell you how thankful I am um, that you have agreed to do this. I think it's a really important message um, for everybody to get on out there and check your boobs. As mentioned by Alison, IBC is also currently featured in the Netflix series Firefly Lane, also a book. And this is certainly the first time that Alison had ever encountered a protagonist in a movie, so it's worth a watch. In terms of featuring in art, obviously breast cancer is very hard to capture in in art, but Peter Paul Rubens unknowingly captured his model in an advanced stage of breast cancer. Rubens was one of the main Baroque painters who practiced realism, which meant that he painted whatever his eyes captured. Such paintings are The Three Graces, Diana and her Nymphs, Pursued by Satyrs, Orpheus and Eurydice. In the three graces, we can see that the model on the right has an open ulcer with reddening of the skin, nipple retraction, reduction of breast volume, as well as axillary lymph nodes. This is a visual aspect of a locally advanced breast cancer. In Diana and her nymphs, pursued by Satyrs, and in Orpheus and Eurydice, we can see a breast reduction in the same place as in the three graces, which suggests breast cancer indirectly. And so while physicians from previous eras didn't know what they were actually dealing with in terms of breast cancer, there was certainly awareness of it. The knowledge of breast cancer actually predates the Middle Ages. Ancient Egyptian texts, such as Edwin Smith Papyrus, circa 1600 BCE, mentions conditions consistent with breast cancer. The ancient Greek physician Hippocrates, who lived around the 5th century BCE, believed that an imbalance of bodily fluids, or humours, caused diseases. Breast cancer, he thought, resulted from an excess of black bile. This theory was influential throughout the Middle Ages. And in the absence of effective treatment, some medieval surgeons attempted to remove breast tumours, though without the benefit of anaesthesia or antiseptics. So such procedures were painful and had high risk of infection. I dare say, if the cancer didn't get them, the operation probably did. And then there was mastectomies. The surgical removal of the breast to treat cancer can be traced back to ancient times, but it was during the late Renaissance, moving into the early modern period, that the more systemic approaches to mastectomy began to emerge. Still, the radical mastectomy as a standardised surgical procedure became more prevalent in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. So while this episode hasn't been the standard light-hearted exploration into genetic mutations, I hope it will inspire you to go and get your girls checked out. I know I did after interviewing Alison, and mine were all good. But even if you're a male, go and get them checked. I had a friend who had a bit of a scare. Um, He's turned out to be nothing, but he still went out and got them checked early. His mother passed away from breast cancer, so he didn't want to take the risk. And so that's a really important message for you men out there. Um, And to Alison, my warrior friend, and to anyone who is battling or survived breast cancer... You're an absolute inspiration and I, like I said, I know that's a word that gets thrown around a lot but the fact that you've been battling this for four years and your positivity and your lightness and, and the sun that just radiates from you, you truly are a marvel at what the body and the mind will endure. Lovely friend, you are perfectly imperfect just the way you are.